You're listening to RIA Radio, the nationally trusted name in real estate investing. We dig deep to discover investors' why in real estate. If you want to skip all the BS and get in investors' heads, you're in the right spot. Be one of the thousands to check out RIAradio.com. So Tanner, we have gotten into a lot of your personal stuff, some great stories. I've never laughed this much, but I definitely want to hear a little bit more about what you do and what you what you're got going on because um, what people don't know that are listening to this is that actually I have switched to your company fully for all my renovations and maintenance and uh, whatever not like like that. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. from the archives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I I I want people to understand a little bit more about you and what you do. So can you give us some background of you and, and what yeah. you got going on right now? Yeah. So uh, long story short, so I am a, a licensed, a true licensed contractor. That doesn't mean I'm licensed with the state. That means I have the knowledge and I have the power to pull the permits with the city for things to be standard up to the 2018 IRC International Residential Code or the IBC International Building Code. Um, long story short, um, a licensed general contractor, true license to do things the proper code, safe, clean, efficient way. What, what class of contractor are you? So I'm actually what the lady said over at Pearson view is I'm actually the youngest licensed contractor between Iowa and Nebraska at the age of 26 is when I acquired my license. Are you like a class A? Class A. So I can build yeah. hotels, casinos, whatever. High rises. Yep. Whatever you need. Are going to build your own casino so you can go play uh, cards there until three in the morning before I, a podcast? I wish, but I'll probably bankrupt that thing. Okay. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> don't eat your own cooking if you're uh, playing cards at your own casino. Got yeah, it. and don't count them. Yeah. So, um, all right. How did that happen? Like, you, we've talked a lot about your backstory, your uh, interesting foray into international um, weddings that didn't work out, probably for you at least. Oh, yeah. And then, um, what? Why did you get into real estate, and what led you to like building properties and like getting a Class A license? Why? So ever since I was little, though, from my grandpa, I always wanted to do real estate. I just didn't know what degree and magnitude. And that's the beauty of real estate. You can there's so many avenues. It, it there's endless opportunities. You know, you got Airbnb, short term, mid term, hold. You know, flips. You got it all. And you know, my grandpa. The thing that I seen that really meant a lot to me was the time that he would take to take me fishing. That was the most astounding memory of my life. And I wanted to create that to be with my own kids one day and my wife, you know, and obviously it's not as easy and all that's made up to be. But if you apply the right team and you put the right orders to get everything going, you will be successful. It doesn't matter what obstacle comes in your way. And so kind of like, the persona that I took when I started my construction company and everything like that was, all right, I'm going to flip one house and the, and the amount that I money I make off of it, I'm not going to go put big, big wheels on my truck. I'm not going to go do these upgrades on my truck or anything like that. You go look at it as a standard basic model that I got it from. I mean, and that's really, I mean, that's kind of the standard when you come from Iowa, right guys? Yeah. What? 
That's all the, the roofing truck? guys. Is that what you were talking yeah, about? Big, big exhaust, diesel, you know, lifted three inches in the air with lights underneath, right? That's like, kind of like the Iowa way. I, I don't know. Is it? Look at my truck out there. It's parked there. Oh, no, it's an F one fifty. Well, you're but you're old and he's young, and you, so yes, you have the <laughs> that's old, fair. You have that's the old fair. guy's truck, and then yeah, yeah. well, and that's the, like the stigma. You know, all these contractors they take that money, they go, they put you know five thousand dollars on their truck, they put the lights, they want the nicest truck. That's not me. I want I want my guys well compensated for their work, make a little bit of money at the end of the day, and deliver a great quality product. That's what I think has set me so far apart from everyone else. Is because I'm not here to try and come in and say, hey, I'm going to charge you $40,000. We'll get it done in a day. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to go and be, you know, rude to you. And I'm going to go upgrade this truck, you know, with money that's not necessary. And that's where, you know, that pivotal change where I know a lot of guys my age that are like roofing contractors and everything like that. And they dump all their money in their trucks. doesn't make sense to me. I dump it into real estate. I just, I flat out dump it all in there and I'm trying, and the end goal is to get to a thousand units before I'm age of 30. That is my end goal. And I will not rest till I hit that goal. It's a lot of work to do. Well, I mean, just from working with you, I I, I understand that you're a complete go-getter. I mean, you are, you set goals, you, you're trying to find partners, you're relentless. Everybody you talk with that you look up to, you're like, hey, let's partner, let's get some stuff done. You're trying to accomplish those goals. I see it. And oh, and for all the people that you meet with and sit down with, I mean, do you, do you see that same inspiration out of him? Well, what I was thinking about when he was describing, you know, kind of like the thousand door thing, right? So I had this almost verbatim same conversation with Colin Schwartz, who we had on episode nine uh, ten, ten, ten. Uh, so Colin now has become a great friend and a business partner and you know like we've done a lot of deals together and we have owned a couple companies together but he um he had that same goal and he threw it out there as kind of an afterthought like a thousand doors that's like the the thing that everybody seems to throw out there as like their b-hag the big hairy audacious goal i i I will interject there and say that most people's goals are like a hundred (laughs) okay that's fair that's fair so he had this huge uh, goal out there where, you know, he said a thousand doors and he, I don't remember the time frame, but it was like X amount of time and it's a thousand doors. And then like he blew that out of the water, like in short order, it was, it was like three years less than what he said that he wanted to accomplish it in. And then, you know, obviously we talk all the time. So I'm like, how do you feel now? Like what was what was that goal to you? Because it represented to him like this big insurmountable thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there as a, a placeholder and say I'm going to accomplish this. This is like the end game. And then I said, okay. And then what? That that was my question to him. Is and then what? Because like I had been doing it a long time when we first started. We we had this initial conversation, and he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, and then what? When you hit the thousand doors, how are you gonna feel? And then he sat back and thought about it, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll have to make new goals." And that's that. That was my whole like thought process when you brought up the thousand door thing because it's kind of an uh, like an arbitrary number that you throw out there that you are the only one that cares about it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's the hard thing too is is when you're 
when you're in your own business and and an entrepreneur and you have you you try to set goals and like there's the discipline versus motivation thing like you have to be motivated obviously if you're an entrepreneur otherwise you're going to fail like immediately but you you have to be disciplined and that will overcome motivation a lot of times cuz you're not going to wake up every day and be motivated like it just doesn't like i i'm a motivated guy but i wake up some days and i'm like oh my god i would rather blow my brains out than go to the gym right now but i go anyway because mm-hmm. discipline outweighed my motivation that day like it's a thing you have to make it part of your routine and all that but i'm just curious so like let's say i want to do a thought experiment here Let's say you have a thousand doors now and your life is different. How is it different? And what is your next goal? Because like you accomplished that goal. It's not like you're, what did you say? You're 20, you were 26 when you got your class A license. What are you now? 27. 27. All right. The ripe old age of 27. What, what do you think? And this isn't maybe a fair question, but let's say you accomplish a gigantic goal and let's say it's a thousand doors and you hit it. Then what? Oh, I got a perfect answer for that one. All right, let's hear. So, Todd Haston, do you know who that is with New Style Development? He owns half of downtown. He owns I, Breakers. I don't know him the, personally. No, he he bought the hospital, renovated, put a hundred million dollars. Okay, we're talking about Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. So downtown. he bought some big. Bought stuff. a hospital, made eight hundred units. Totally know who he is. Never yep. met him, but yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. That right there, that is what I'm chasing. And so, when I had a thousand units, my goal is to be able to go in there and buy those units. And offer a service. Hit, I'm not, not by any means bashing on it, but to offer a higher excellence service. Okay. Yes. Totally get it. Um, I the here's the thing. It's like here's my frustration with goals. My frustration with goals is like every time I have ever accomplished a goal, it there's always another one and and mm-hmm. and that's that's fine and that that's life right like cuz you want to continuously push forward and accomplish you know things that you haven't experienced before and so on but like when you get it's it's like it, it's never as good as it seems or there's never like uh there's a there's a uh god I, I wish i could remember the guy that wrote it but there was a uh really impactful story short story slash poem that a guy wrote called the station uh, years and years ago. And it, this has been a long, have you guys ever heard of this? So the whole premise of this, uh, like proverb or poem or whatever it is, is the station is the next thing. And that's where you're going to be happy. And every time you get to that station, you're never happy and you have the next station and the next station. And the point of the whole thing is like enjoying the journey. And, you know, we hear that it's force fed to us now on, on social media. If you follow any like entrepreneurs or, you know, successful people or whatever, they're like, you have to enjoy the ride. But a lot of times the ride sucks, right? Like the ride is answering your freaking phone at like early hours in the morning or like there's problems. It's just problem, problem, problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just curious, like beyond that, let's say you get to a point where you hit your your thousand unit goal and you have excellence in customer service with a lot of the mm-hmm. other things. Like beyond that, what what does that mean for you in your own life and your personal life? And maybe that's not a fair question because I don't have all my shit figured out either. But well, you know, to counter, you know, to, no, 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 that's a fair question. I'm no, 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 that's that's a great question, Owen. So here's the thing, though, and I'm going to tell you. So this is kind of pulling out from like one of the Bibles and everything like that. I'm not trying to be all religious and everything just, like that. Just say it. So the flesh is never satisfied, 
that has never been more truer than when I heard it from my grandpa, who I call my dad. And so no matter what in life, you will never be satisfied. But here's the thing. The journey is the most beautiful thing. That's the way I look at it. And you yourself, you should reflect and see what you've turned from and what you've become. And you should enjoy it. That is one of the biggest takeaways I learned from my grandpa. Like I'm talking this guy, he'd smoke multiple packs of cigarettes a day. And yeah, and and he's the type that would tell me to get on a skillet. Reds. He's a Marble Red guy. Huh? Yeah, oh yeah, Marble Red. No, actually Camels. Camels. Oh. Yep, yep. Rip that filter right off and just yep. get to town. Yeah, oh yeah, and he drink the old Milwaukee beer. Whew. Yeah. And that's the same true that's the, true American right yeah, there. Yeah. My man. Oh yeah. That's the same guy that when I was framing the house up for him and I put a nail on my finger, he said, you better get back to work. And then when I finished and I had blood blistering now and I wrapped it up, he said, you're stupid. You should have went to the hospital. You know, <laughs> He's testing you. Yeah. Oh, and that's the old ways. The biggest thing is this. Take away. I understand where your question, like, you know, where. And the, th- the answer, the true answer is, I don't know. I'll have to reevaluate it when I hit that goal. Yeah, that's fair. But. What he taught me, and the one saying that he says that's so true, aim for the sun, you'll land on the moon. And it took me so long to understand what that means, like aim for the sun, land on the moon. And what I took away from, even still now, I'm never going to stop learning. That's the key. When you stop learning, you're not going to grow. And what I see is, yes, I'll never be satisfied, but here's the thing. We're here in the present. I'm enjoying your guys' company I'm enjoying all of this, you know, and I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast. I really do. And that's one of the beauties. This is something that we can look back at, reflect on, and enjoy the times, the laughters, everything we had on here. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I, I got two things to interject here. Oh, and I, I, I feel that you're like super negative on his goal. Like, are, 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 why, why, are you, why are you so down on him on, on this goal that he has of a mm, thousand units i mean that's a fair question i uh, yeah I, I would agree with my tone on this the only reason i say that is because i have seen a lot of people that throw out a door goal like i want to have a x number of units or i want to have xyz out of it and and i never i have never seen any anyone that has accomplished that goal be like yes i've made it like and I don't. Maybe that's just me. I but, mean, maybe, but you got, but you got to set these pinnacles. Like, like, hey, this is my goal. Yeah, like, you celebrate it. Like we made a hundred episodes in Rio Radio. Uh, like what a month from now or two months from yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And we were preparing for that, but you know, we, we you got to set these pinnacles. And in the pinnacle isn't the end. It's just where you want to get. Yeah, I know. I I agree with you. What I'm what I guess I'm what I'm thinking through now is, and what I'm what I'm saying is. I think that number is only impactful to you, and and it maybe should, that it should be though. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe should, that's not. It should be. Yes, I I agree. But like a thousand doors. I mean, you could get a thousand doors if you were a syndicator in like three deals. That's my point. Is, good, good though. Yeah. Then what's the next level? What's the next point? Like, hey, I want to get to this point by the time I'm thirty. You're right. You're right. Okay, I'll eat that. Um, that, that. I mean, I'm not. It is a good goal. I'm not hating on you. I see where you're coming from at some points, and and I totally understand where you come from. But we also don't want to down on the people that set that set these goals to say, hey, this is where I want to be at this age. I mean, because like we have the Angelucci guy, and he's like, hey, I set this goal to have you know a hundred million dollars in in uh, in storage units, you know, mm-hmm. by this particular age. 
And but he was able to get there, and then it's like, okay, what's the next level from there? You know, because yeah. you, you got you got to have these like you got to keep on getting to the next peak. You don't go to Mount Everest on day one. Okay, that's a fair point, and I guess we're. I will finish the thought with the fact that um, I I was just trying to highlight goals that are arbitrary versus goals that are uh, impactful, and I don't think I I got there, but. I guess what I'm saying is like there's a there's a recognizable number and that's the number of doors when you're talking about real estate investing. Mm-hmm. And there's a an unrecognizable goal which is like net worth or net operating income that is generated by your portfolio. That is the better goal, I think in my opinion, but it's really hard to even regurgitate that to anybody that you're talking to. It doesn't matter to them and it's hard to quantify and it and it's really personal because mm-hmm. your net worth goal or your net operating income goal is going to be way different than somebody else who started later, earlier, whatever than you because their net operating income each month could far exceed yours or be way less, but it doesn't matter because their expenses are so much lower or higher. You know what, yeah. you know what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's I guess where I was going with this. I, is I, like, and I get in in us being, but it's our, not sexy either to talk about. In us being, well, no, no, no. In us being in our forties, our goals are looked looked at a little different. Completely right. And and your goal being, you said twenty six. So you're, so I'm twenty seven. Twenty seven. Before I'm thirty to have a thousand doors. Yeah, but we're you know we look at goals a little bit differently than you are looking at goals, mm-hmm. and and I think that we need to keep it in that perspective because we don't. Because he doesn't have kids, he's not technically married yet. And oh le- no, I'm, mar- I'm married. I'm legally, married legally, but oh, yeah. not, le- not not technically. Oh, and- she'll come on down down this door <laughs> right now and pick me up. So so that's kind of my point there. That we're looking at things on a lot of different lenses right now, right? And it's kind of like when we talked to Stephen Sykes. You know, he talked about things. You know, he perspected things a little bit differently when he started having kids. Uh, and then, and then he's like, "Hey, and my my mentality has now changed with how I'm investing because now my my time my kids are teenagers, and now I need to really kind of hone in with my last couple of years with my kids that I'm gonna get before they become adults, right? And you're really you're getting a little bit closer to that too, you mm-hmm. know, because your kids mm-hmm. are a little bit older than mine yep. are. So I don't want to I don't want to kibosh your dreams, no, 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 uh, is, if, because your dreams are a little bit different than ours. Me personally, you know, my goal is to double my unit count every year for five years is what I've said for the last three years. And I've accomplished that goal. This year is going to be a little tougher, but I still have that goal in mind. And my end goal at the end of the five years is like, hey, I want to be able to create $20,000. And obviously, I need uh, put inflation into that but but my goal was my my goal three years ago was say hey you know what at the end of the five years i want to have 20k in in net income on my investment properties and so i need to up that according to Mm -hmm. how the world has changed but that's how my goals lay out and we need to we need to be open-minded towards the people that are in our 20s that are looking at the goals a little bit differently is all i'm trying to say but i 100 percent back you up with what you're saying Oh, and, and, and I do too, Owen. So to help answer some of this, and you know, th- th- there's no bad blood or anything like that. But the thing is, my <laughs> don't hit, don't hit me. No, 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 no. no you're good, man. You, your you, you, yeah, I'm your or- bodyguard. I don't need an orbital uh, <laughs> fracture in my eye to pop out of my head. Oh no, you're good. I got a metal plate, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> I always set that airport alarm off. But no, no, no. So <laughs> yeah, but no. So the biggest goal, no. Forget the money. Forget the doors. My biggest goal is to be there for my children. 
And there is no monetary, there is no dollar amount, there is no goal you could put on there. The thing is this, I am, and, and I had this, the thing is, I told my wife, before we even got engaged, everything, when we were girlfriend and boyfriend, I will not give up my dream for you, and I do not want you to give up your dream for me. And the reason why I said that is because if I give up my dream for you, I'm going to resent you. Same thing for her. I want her to chase her dream and be happy career-wise and as a person. Same thing with me. I am truly happy with where I'm at, even with the setbacks and everything. That's beautiful. You would not believe how many people have taken money from me, and I will still wake up and smile. I put my pants on left foot in, right foot in like you do. And I smile. I actually do put my pants on like that. I had this weird yeah. conversation the other day about that. What yeah. what shoe do you what sock, what shoe, what yeah. pant leg do you put on first, Ted? It, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate Wait, answer you, me first. I don't know what I do. Come I, on. I, I don't know. I don't you know. Gotta know. I'm Ted. left right. You, I have to be left right. Otherwise, you're left I, feel, right too? I, I feel super weird. I've never I, yep. I've never thought about it in my life. You don't literally like put the left leg never, up? I've never thought about it in my life. Okay, tomorrow morning when you're getting will, ready. I'll have you, have your this. wife you know take a look I, and I, make I, sure to let you know. I obviously think about it from this point on. But uh <laughs> I'm left right. But one thing same here. But I've been working with Tanner for a year. like I said, he's taken over my previous contractor, he's done an amazing job. But one thing I can say is that uh, everything that you're preaching right now, you are doing. Um, you've mentioned your fiance and the fact that you said, hey, uh, she's switching careers. Uh, but I told her that, you know, you said that she's switching to your business right now. And you said, hey, are you sure this is what you want to do? I will support you in whatever you do. So, I, so I'm going to back you up on that conversation. And then when it comes to – I mean, I'm just going to – so first off, full disclosure, uh, New Image New Image is uh, a sponsor of our local RIA here in town, and I'm a, and I've gloated about you too. Who oh, is like, New Image? You're a construction <laughs> company. Yeah. Well, you want to tell by uh, what way yeah. I dress, I mean. But, but yeah. I've never had the communication I've, that I've experienced with you, and I told you about this, right? Mm-hmm. Like literally, it's it's Monday morning. Here comes a call or text from from Tanner. Hey man, just want to give you a heads up that uh, this is what's going on this week. This is how many people are going to be at your place. This is uh, this is what we're going to accomplish this week. And then and then it's Tuesday. Hey, just so you know, two people are going to be here Wednesday. Hey, just so you know, I had to pull people off your place today because I'm I, I need to build a deck at your other place for code violations. <laughs> and I, it, I've been doing I've been doing this 18 years, and this has never happened to me. Never ever. happened. It's never never, happened. never one time. I've never had oh. any communication at all from anybody it, saying. There's only going to be X number or no number of people at your place because they're doing X. And if I got that message, it would immediately mollify me. Like in the in terms of like, I would be satisfied with that, and I'd be like, okay, thanks for letting me know, because I don't want to show up at a job site thinking you're going to be there and be like, where the f are 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 all these people that are supposed to be doing this job? So communication go go ahead ted but i just it, wanted to chime in I'll, with that because i would really really appreciate i've never that. experienced this before and then it's friday and then it's like hey ted hey just so you know this is what we accomplished today this is what i failed on this week i told you to do this i'm sorry i didn't get this done and you're very apologetic and these but you, i like the open disclosure and then it's like oh and by the way monday this is what i'm bringing in um I might get into some other stuff here, and I don't. And you can radio edit this out if you choose to. But it's also um, the point. Where it's like I am 
waiting for a refi to happen on another property. And I want to bring this up because it, it it's an it's in tribute to your character. I don't have a ton of money. I'm still building my wealth. I I want to be more like Owen in my when I'm by the time I'm his age. Oh, same do I. And and, and so Colin. And and I, I I throw a little joke on there, but I'm also serious. It, Owen's been somebody I've looked up to for for as long as I've been in this industry for eight years. And but I'm getting to that point. I'm building my wealth. And but I don't have you know, I'm I'm project by project. I am doing a refi on my project to pay for my next project. I'm working with Tanner. And Tanner's like, let me work with you. I understand you got going that's going on. You have this, this, and this project, and I'm, and he's working with me. He's, I, you know, we put some money down, mm-hmm. and Tanner's like, you know what, I, I may help you get this other project done because my contractor backed out. I'm gonna step in. I'm put my, I'm gonna put my name on that company. I'm gonna get your inspections done. I'm gonna get this done, and I know I'm gonna take care of it. I've never, I just never dealt with somebody like you ever. I've never dealt with with the honesty, the upfrontness. Up I've never dealt with somebody that has communicated the way you you communicate, and I hope as your company grows that you can find more people like you. Yeah, that, that that's what I was gonna interject with. It's just like the challenge then is because mm-hmm. like you you can hear how appreciative people mm-hmm. are on the mm-hmm. customer side, but with you, with communication, and it's hard to continue to do that as you grow. But, so and you've been and you've well, been, and you've been backed up by. I'm sorry, no, but no. but you've been backed up by Colin Schwartz. And yeah. Colin is a guy we just talked about. He's got what four thousand units? Is that right? Oh God, <laughs> yeah, thirteen hundred and ten. Yeah. Last time I talked to him, when we did drinks the other night, and he said that you, uh, you know, he's got some stuff going on, but you have done all the maintenance for his projects mm-hmm. as a full time maintenance company now, mm-hmm. and you're actually the reason he. Re- uh, that I'm working with you because he referred you to me. He referred you to the Omaha Re as a sponsor, mm-hmm. and he said he's never worked with somebody like you ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you what. Uh, that's the reason I that I reached out to you today to have you on the podcast mm-hmm. is because I mean, man, you're in your 20s. You got investment properties. You have a very successful cons- construction company. You got how many people on staff? Uh, right now to date. 25. 25. I've told people 30, so I'm glad I was close. <laughs> and and uh and I have nothing but praise for you. And I, and I appreciate and that. My experiences with you in the last three to six months has been I am referring everybody I know to you because I I because the experiences I have and the communication that you present, which is it it just doesn't happen in, in rehabs these days. Oh, no, no. I agree with you on that. And not to interject or take away from you, Owen. You know, the biggest thing, this goes back to my childhood, all right? I remember, and this is going to sound so silly, okay? My grandpa had hearing aids. From all the concrete, everything, his hearing was shot. And when grandma would yell, he'd shut him off. And she would light into it, and then he'd turn back on. But the biggest thing that stays true to me to this day is he's, and he used to call me his son. He said, hey, son, give me 1% of your trust. I will earn the other 99, and we can go from here. That is what he said for me. So what I put in, no matter who you are, race, ethnicity, old, young, money, no money, I don't care who you are. I'm going to treat you as an equal human being. What I expect is my team and myself to be treated as equal human being. I do not care about the money amount. I don't care. The biggest thing, even my wife said this, 
communication is key. And I still stay, that is my whole focus. Because now, example, like you call Southwest, you call American Airlines, press one for English, numero dos espanol, you know, and you get that waiting time to get to a person. I want to be the concierge, be the person that can handle that. It doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m., if it's Christmas morning, you can even ask Colin on this. When I got called at 2 a.m., okay, phone rings. I could be sleeping on Christmas Day. I come out there with my guys to finish a flood that happened on Christmas Day. We won't disclose anything else, but we finished it on Christmas Day. I was out at 2 in the morning till 5 in the morning. And I and what I did and the one thing one rule that my wife has, anytime I go to leave the house, I kiss her on her forehead. I tell her I love her, because you never know when it's your last moment. Yep. Yeah. I every single time I go to bed at night, I put my hand on my wife. I do a prayer for her, and awesome. a prayer for myself. And uh, and it's just it's just that moment. But hey, just to back that mm-hmm. up though, I mean, I I put some new tenants in in my property and. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday. The new tent's been for a week. Remember when we talked about this on the plumbing leak in the ceiling? Mm-hmm. Was and I on vacation that week? You were on vacation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then you had you had a crew there. Yep. And we literally fixed up a, a leaky pipe, ripped out a ceiling, and you guys were. And I was there till like midnight. Your guy was there till like two in the morning mm-hmm. fixing that. And then you guys came back on Monday and we put the new ceiling in. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I can vouch for that. I know that this isn't the point of the podcast, but. I just it, it I think I I wanted to bring this up to give you a little bit of credibility. And, I appreciate that and, in your word. So with that, let's let's transition a little bit and get yeah. into your investment portfolio. Absolutely. So what's your let's what's, dive in what's your investment portfolio look like today and what do you got going on? All right. So currently as it stands, I have two rentals, okay? Well, what do those look like? So one that I purchased for 60k, I put about Ooh, 75 into it. So when I say 75, let me rephrase that. Purchase price, 60K, 15K to rehab, okay? I got to rent it out. I rented it out too cheap. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I sounds, that, like, sounds like Owen. Yeah. <laughs> it was way too fair. cheap. That's fair. Yeah, I did brand new electrical, plumbing, AC, and roof, everything. And the beautiful thing that that bought me with that amount of money that I just took and did that I only get a call once a month. Hey, I got your rent check. Here you go. And I just say, hey, is there anything that needs to be done? Nope, nothing. Perfect. And it's been about a year now. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> and then my other two properties. This isn't wood, just so you know. So you have to knock on the side oh, there. There you go. Yeah, you go. yeah. We better get that done. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all know about that one. Um, and then my two other properties, which I'm actually going to flip and sell, which Ted, I need to talk to you about that uh, aside from this. Sweet. Um, but basically what I'm going to do is sell those guys right there and then uh, take that money and not 10, 1031, forget that noise. I'm going to just go big or go home is basically what it is. And well, why, why not 1031? Why? Because I haven't held it long enough. I move fast. Like, yeah, but it doesn't matter though. It- like well, I don't even held it. There's no rule specifically on a no. 1031 hold. Well, that's news to me because my accountant that told me said you got to hold it for a year, and oh. I flip these things in 30 to 77 days. To mine, I've talked to various people on this topic, and I've seen people uh, do a 1031 within 60 days, but it's more eligible for 
scrutiny from the government. But mm-hmm. I was told that you, there isn't a actual date on the books. Owen, can you back that up or not? Who told you that? Uh, Jerry, my business partner. So well, there's a really like vague. gray area in the IRS code that <laughs> talks about 1031 exchanges and the amount of time you have to hold a property. It comes down to two things. It's time of hold and intent. So if mm-hmm. you went into that with the intent of buying it and selling it, you have no argument mm-hmm. that will allow you to 1031 exchange it, period. Oh, yeah. And I had to pay 60K last year. So that that's the differential on okay. that. Like you have to go into it with the intent of buying and holding it, and you have to hold on to it for an amount of time that the IRS feels comfortable with that you actually held on to it for the intent of keeping it as a rental property before you sold for, for it. For at least a year? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like here's I, I've made this analogy before. It's like speeding. Okay. Like you can speed. Like yeah. you can do you can speed mm-hmm. every day, right? Oh yeah. Until you get caught. And then when you get caught, it sucks, especially if you're going really fast. And really fast would be you're trying to do this on multiple flips. Mm-hmm. You're going to get away with it probably once, maybe a couple of times. So that's my so, – yeah. I have never yeah. – now, knock on wood. That, no, that's that, not That's wood. drywall, right buddy. Here, buddy. That's drywall, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I've never been audited, but uh, I have oh, also never God, tried to oh. 1031 a property that I've held for 30, 60 days. I've been through audits, but not since I've done real estate. Like So the – I, I will I will respectfully disagree with that in that um, the tried and true is two years. The test is one year, but anything shorter than that, you're probably going to pay short term. You're going to pay regular income taxes on mm-hmm. your on your uh, gains. So you can get away with it once or twice, probably. <laughs> we'll leave that, you know. Probably. Sure. On the I, yeah, I said, yeah, I said yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah. Really, yeah. Re- I'm really glad we just had that conversation because people listen to that. I'm, that that's a very important topic, and I, oh, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I and I'm always like, there's a gray area here, and I, and Owen just explained that amazingly. So thank you. Yeah, 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 you it, did great. Intent is very very important when it comes to that, and that will come under scrutiny. And you can't be like, mm-hmm. oh well, how do you know I didn't intend? Like you gotta like we're we're talking about like not. Just we're talking about people here, right? You have to mm-hmm. explain this in a way that makes sense to somebody that's on the receiving end of your explanation that is trying to audit you, right? So, oh, yeah. so my property that you're working on right now that you're mm-hmm. that you're helping with because my I went through multiple contractors ahead for a year yeah. and a half. It's been under hard money forever, as we discussed in previous episodes. This would be a great opportunity to say I had intent mm-hmm. of holding it, but you know, yeah, it's it's a year and a day, and yeah. then if you do that, then you're subject to long term capital gains tax. Taxes, which are typically, and don't quote me on this because I have a feeling this is going to none age. of us yeah. are tax accounts. Are badly. No, 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 yeah, thank don't you. Take that. Yeah, please. Fifteen percent plus state. So if you're yeah. if you're in like sounds about let's right. say it's Nebraska or Iowa, it's going to be six or seven percent. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay like twenty to twenty one percent total of your gains are going to go to the IRS unless yeah. you have other write offs like rentals and everything, which you mm-hmm. should. I think this is a great golden nugget to be honest with you because this is something that I'm constantly being brought up but i never had the perfect answer for that and i always just said there's a gray area here but i i, I can't explain it fully so. well let's just call this today's golden, golden nugget <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah. how have you parlayed your experience in getting your contractor's license into partnering with some pretty big players in town yeah uh, some people that have made a lot of moves in the residential and commercial space 
what say you about that? Like what, what's a guy that's 27 years old, that's still wet behind the ears and staying out uh, until three in the morning, winning $12,000. <laughs> uh, and well, like, how do you parlay that into being, you know, aligned with really visible, really successful people in this business? So back to what you guys were touching on earlier, communication, honesty, those are the two key factors with, for a contractor. So, what we need to do on per se, like when I did my first flip, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll dive into that there. So I literally bet my house on this and on the flip side of everything. Um, when I got my contractor's license, okay? And you're not going to believe this. So my wife's dad, okay? My wife's father you're, you're uh, not your real wife your fiance oh she's my wife I'm, we're gonna stick with that we're gonna stick with that because she, she, she'll kill me if i if i if i don't christina's gonna listen to this and she's like i hate you yeah yeah <laughs> and, and she's gonna say i love you tanner thank you so hopefully i won't get yelled at tonight <laughs> but anyway um this won't be out for a month yeah yeah so no. you're good oh thank god um so <laughs> my wife's father okay i talked to 30 people minimum said, Hey, I'm telling you, I'm going to get my contractor's license. And this is that mindset, that mindset. I'm going to get my contractor's license. I want to buy the worst house in the best neighborhood. No one believed me. Not even the banks. I talked to Viridian credit union, green state credit union, uh, first national bank, not the bank that I originally talked to. And, and, you know, I talked to everyone. I said, listen, I'm telling you, I promise you, watch me. I will bet my house, my personal home on this. And I was so sure that's that boxing mentality. Like you, you, you got to kill me to get me out of the ring. And that's why I took into real estate and it, it will never stop. So what I did is I got a contact from one of my buddies that I helped tremendously. I saved him when I sat back and looked at it from a contractor standpoint, I saved him over $35,000 and I got him an insurance claim for over $235,000. He was supposed to pay to get a roof, siding, and everything, but we are not going to disclose the name, disclose anything like that. He used that money to pay down his property to buy more properties. God bless him. We'll leave it at that. So I don't take, I don't take grudges, but I do in a sense. And here's what I mean. If you do me wrong, I'm just not going to call you. Does that make sense? I'm not going to yell, cuss. That's what I do. Yeah, exactly. You see, you yeah, got I'll, the right I'll try out a new contractor, and if they're yeah. if I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, mm-hmm. like, and they don't do what we talked about and what my expectations were, and like we talk about it, but, and I'm like, uh, thanks, mm-hmm. but and then there's some angst there. I'm just not going to call you again. Like that's that's how you burn bridges. Yeah, exactly. And you know, whenever I talk to everyone, like example, me and Ted are in a marriage. You know, <laughs> like example, we're in a marriage. I'm going to, and, and what I told him from day one, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I told you, I want to be so annoying. You want me to shut up. I want you to know everything there is to know about your asset. I, I tell you what, he calls me sometimes. I'm like, dude, I don't need to know all this. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, that would be me. Cause my, <laughs> cause my trust factor with him, cause he's so over honest. And my trust factor is at this point where I'm like, I'm like, just do you, man. You don't need my approval on this. <laughs> no, that's it. Actually, that's a good point. So I think uh, just like mm-hmm. brainstorming here, but 
if you get to a point where you prove yourself to someone and they trust you implicitly, like you don't have to do the things that you're talking about that mm-hmm. build the trust in the first place. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. Like he, like he, you already, he's, you, he's overkilling it with me right now. He's like, I mean, just be yeah, honest. Yeah. You're, you're, you're overdoing it. It's yeah. it, 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 at some points it's, it's almost too much. And I told you that in the beginning, but because, because I'm like, because I, because you've earned my trust. You are, you're already going above and beyond to help me out with mm-hmm. things that normal people wouldn't help me out with. Mm-hmm. So you have my full 100% trust on it, and you don't need to call me with everything. I just want daily updates. Yeah. But you go above and beyond. I appreciate that. Well, the reason why it goes back to what, like I said, my grandpa say, give me 1% of your trust, I'll earn the other 99. Mm-hmm. And that's where the biggest thing, like example for anyone that's listening out here with your contractor, communication is the biggest key like no contractors are communicating then don't use them <laughs> but they're not doing it like like yep. I'm, i you are listening to him you've been doing this for 20 years mm-hmm. i've been doing this for eight have you have you heard of any contractor doing what i told you to what i've mentioned that he's doing ever i would say no um with the exception of like my brother-in-law that works for me and he does a great job. He over communicates also. And I, I appreciate that. And at times it's annoying and I'm like, I don't need to know. I don't, I don't need to know how the watch works. I just want to know what time it is. Generally, that's my stance on things, but he does a really good job with that. And I trust him implicitly. And I don't know what I would do without him Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. uh so having additional people like that in my life would be freaking amazing but like but so i would appreciate like i get what you're saying mm -hmm. like i didn't mean to interrupt interrupt me but but it's when you over communicate like there's the recipient of that over communication may be like let's say you're either annoyed or like you don't need to do that but at the same time like it's invaluable because you know everything that's going on. Like it's a weird, it's a weird balance. Like you don't want, you don't want to go the other way and be like, okay, well fine. I'll only text you two times a week or whatever. You know what I mean? You don't want to do that. And and, let me, mm -hmm. let me interject here as a, as a, just a tip, Mm -hmm. especially you're, you're in Omaha market now, but you're also just expanding the Kansas city market and you're, you're trying to go into Colorado market here soon. Right. Yeah. After everyone's hired. Yep. Yeah. You're doing, (laughs) you're doing some expansion. You can't do that communication. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you, not scalable. Yes. Doing it yourself is but, what you're saying. But, but, what, yeah. but what you could do is you could say, hey, I will give you a Monday update report. And it could even be an emailed report. Mm-hmm. This is what my goals are for the week. Mm-hmm. And and it just could be laid out. And that, and, I like that. And that alone could be a great piece of communication that I, I have in writing mm-hmm. that I could read. And then uh, if I have questions, I could follow up with you on, but it could mm-hmm. make it make it so it's more scalable, but it's also yeah. something that nobody else is doing. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Hang on. I'm sorry. I don't want to no, interrupt you, but like that would be amazing. Like I would love that. If I, and if I got that from any contractor and that was Monday morning sitting in my inbox, here's the plan for the week. Here's what we're going to do if we don't you know, do this, whatever. It, oh, my. With a with a. With Man, like I would, yeah. I would love that. Nobody has ever done that for me in my life. With a, with a weekend mm-hmm. follow up, like well, and, sometime from, between mm-hmm. Friday, Friday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is what. Uh, here is my Monday goals. Here's what we accomplished, or here's what we went above and beyond on. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like an end of week report, like yeah. a and, recap Monday yeah. Friday type it, thing. Yeah, and if you just had those two things, and you you wouldn't even never have to even make a phone call. Yeah, 
you could just worry about your people, mm-hmm. your management staff, and hopefully your management staff is doing that, and not you. Yeah. But that alone is would be one thing that nobody else is doing in your industry. Well, and that's the beautiful thing about that. So I actually recently transitioned to contractor foreman, and here's the beautiful thing about that platform. You will get, and th- th- and that's where I'll show you. So I'm already thinking just like you, because I know I'm getting annoying. You don't want not hear- annoying. <laughs> you, you, well, no, no, no. It's with respect. It's but, with respect. But it's not annoying. You, you, you're, you're doing fucking amazing. But there, it could be streamlined so, for growth. Is all yeah. we're is all we're talking about here yeah. at the table. Well, and that's where with so example contractor foreman, you will get an email and you'll get pictures of the punch list and the schedules. Mm. And here's the beautiful part. It's just an email. So, you know, you know how the email dings and all that stuff. It'll show you when a guy is showing up at your door and when a guy is finished and what he completed, which he has to attach pictures to. So that's where example, like, you know, I already think in where you're thinking to like, I, I have insomnia. So like I'm up at two in the morning, one in the morning thinking on what can I do better? And, you know, the good thing is I don't have to have a pap machine, you know, and then keep my wife up at night. But, you know, so I fall asleep, I get up at five in the morning, hit the gym and everything like that. But I'm always constantly thinking of how can I be like a concierge or explain a better process and change this whole contractor, investor, residential dynamic, you know, where you got these contractors that are taking people's money and not finishing the project. And you got, you know, good contractors, good contractors. I know a few, a few, and and we ain't going to go into that, but good contractors that, you know, investors or let's say uh, residential people, how cheap can you do it for? Hey, um, I need this done today and I'm only going to give you like 50 bucks. But cheap does not. I mean, I am Mm -hmm. the biggest advocate right now that cheap isn't good. Absolutely. I've had, I've, I've had a good contractor for the last few years. Mm-hmm. He had some personal stuff come up. It didn't it and it messed up the last tra- the last day we did. He was a good contractor. Mm-hmm. He was a cheap contractor. He was a one man contractor. You know, so I don't want to hate on the person I've had hired for the last couple of years because he, he had some personal stuff come up mm-hmm. where you had to step in and fix it. Hey, and, with all due respect, he's great. But I won't say anything but, else. But I'm gonna tell you what. You have set a whole new bar in contracting, and I know this. This I know we're trying to talk about investing, and I want to dig more into your investing side and what you got going on. But the contracting side of your business can make or break your business. If if I wasn't established over the last few years, and I, I use established lightly, I I I I do I do. Um, it's my business model is I buy condemned homes right now. I love it. And then I make them, I hold them. I do the burn method, but I hold them. And then I make them midterm rentals. That's kind of my, my ultimately my goal right now. Mm-hmm. But in the end there, uh, a contractor can ruin you. I had a project. There was some things that we out of, out of our control. I had, I'm going to give you the brief rundown. I had hard money loan. I only wanted to hold for 30 days. I could not get out of the hard money loan. My bank said, hey, we want your taxes done. I couldn't get out of it. I was stuck in the hard money. I thought I was going to be done in six months because my contractor said so. You know what? It wasn't done in six months. Mm-hmm. You know, And so now then I'm going to keep on reevaluating. I'm like, okay, is this the time I get out of my loan to get into a, a construction loan? Because I have to pay all the closing costs again. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't want to pay those couple thousand dollars. Guess what? That was my mistake. And now I keep on getting stuck, and I'm stuck. Now I'm, I'm no kidding. I'm 15 months into this. 
Tanner's coming in and fixing this project because the deck wasn't approved yet. And I thought all everything was signed off on. I already got tenants in this place. And it and it still has a condemned order on it. I found out. I didn't even know I had a condemned order on it. Yeah. I thought we we're all signed off. I thought I was getting out of the hard money loan. Mm-hmm. I have I paid twenty five thousand dollars in in holding costs on this property. We appreciate you. <sighs> and, and, Love you. And 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 it's like it, it's like a dagger in my heart. Now, luckily, that property went I'll up. Pull it out. Went up fifty thousand dollars in value since I've held it for so long. <laughs> but in the, but in the long run, though, because I buy condemned, it it gave me a lot of wiggle room to be able to do this and be able to keep it going. Because otherwise, this would never worked. But. Your contractor can destroy your whole entire business, and you, you, you guys think unless you're doing the work yourselves, you guys think that you're going to be able to get through it. But that person you hire is so important to your business, and and be able to make it, especially if it's your first or second deal, which can ruin you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it can destroy your business. I mean, you guys have yeah. both have examples of this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Well, and kind of. To go back to that reference there, Ted, you know, and, and, and here's the whole point. The whole point is not to boost my company or anything like that. The, for all the listeners and everything like that, there are good contractors. There are certain protocols. You pay, what, the, pay what you get for. Exactly. Yeah. But but not even that, too, because I will tell you a story about a contractor taking me for 50 grand plus, And they had all the credentials. So is this a failing forward? Huh? Is this a failing forward by chance? What's a failing forward? Oh, we have a section we lovingly call failing forward. And this failing forward is brought to you by JM Real Estate Capital. Hi, it's Rob, JM Real Estate Capital. We're the money guys that you need to know for all your real estate investments. Talk to us. We can do what your local bank can't or won't do. We don't have millions. We have trillions with a T to lend. 844-WE-CLOSE or go online at jmrecapital.com. That's jmrecapital.com. JM Real Estate Capital, smart solutions for the real estate investor. Oh, yeah. Which talks about a situation you encountered that didn't go according to plan. That's that. what you learned from it. Yeah, Yeah. that's that. So tell us. Okay. Okay. So jumping into that and then we'll jump back. So (laughs) on that one. Man, I helped a buddy out, okay? And long story short, to sum it up. This buddy was a contractor? Yes, yeah. he was He was a – well, actually, no, he wasn't licensed, okay? And this is in a term of me studying to get my license, and I will not kid you. I studied, I took my classes, I did everything needed, and then I passed it. I had another contractor. I said, hey, listen, this – couple's house caught fire okay and it, and here's the thing it was a victorian style home okay money yeah oh lord it was over 300k let's leave it at that okay i had to wait five months for a roofer okay that was the gc to finish his trusses and plans and i'm gonna tell everyone listening right now there is reasonable time frame and there's unrealistic time frame. This was unrealistic because I'll explain why we had a baby on the way and we had to get that person moved back in that house. So I am not kidding you. We, we meaning not you. Yeah. yeah. We, we meaning like your customer. Yes. Okay. My customer. So (laughs) just clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I I knew where you're coming from because I thought the same thing, but I knew you. So I knew, but yes, I, I, so anytime I work for a person, I will put the person before the money. 
And you can hold me to that. You can hold me to that, Ted. Anyone and Owen, Colin, anyone can hold me to that. I don't care about money. That's a horrible stigma for contractors because they always want money. But you're not going to get far in life with that, with the other mindset. My mindset is I do right by you. You do right by me. That's it. No, nothing about it. So here's the failing forward, Ron. Here we go. Buckle up for this one. Buckle up, buddy. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I had to wait five months in Council Bluffs and to put it in perspective. Bellevue is the most code restricted city out of Omaha district. I am not more kidding. than Omaha. Oh yeah. Cause, oh, Cause yeah. we, we had a new segment where it said that Omaha was one of the hardest permit nope. cities in the country. Nope. 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 Absolutely not. Bellevue. And that's coming from a class A general contractor. Look up my license number. I will not lie to you. Bellevue. I had to give a diagram how kitchen cabinets would be set in order for a permit to be issued on a kitchen cabinet. Omaha council bluffs. No, here's the order. Council bluffs is the hardest. Omaha's the second. Ralston's the third. Council bluffs is the fourth. Council bluffs is the most laid back. Any council bluffs officials. Listen, you guys do a tremendous job. I'm a council bluffian. Yeah. Yeah. Council bluffs officials. You guys do a tremendous (laughs) job and I can't wait to do, you know, the multimillion dollar projects that we're going to do in the future. (laughs) And we're going to do it the right way. No no doubt about that. So, (laughs) so this house is in council bluffs. I had to wait six months for a roofer to finish these very special trusses. And I am not kidding you. This is why my queen, my wife, I cannot boost about her enough. I have. She was up there laying the roof. Oh, she. Oh, no. <laughs> worse than that. Worse than that. She, she's up there at 2 in the morning telling me, get that nail in, get that flooring done, get it done so the baby can move in. I have a pregnant woman on the way, ladies and gentlemen, on the way. I had the roofer delay me six months in this project. Just the roofer. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I didn't go the cheap route. So when I said, and this is kind of when um, I'm setting my business up, right? And I'm only three years into this. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yes, I'm three years into it, but I have a lot of experience. But I will show you and I will learn. And, I'll, you know, communication is key, right? So I communicated with, you know, the homeowners and everything like that. You know, hey, you know, this is what we got going on the roofers. This roofer took $60,000 to re-roof a house. Has any of you ever heard of a 1,400-square-foot house costing $60,000? I just paid $63,000 to re-roof a, uh, an apartment complex that is 31 units. Okay, God and bless And a you. large amount of square footage. Um, a lot more than 1,400-square-foot. A lot more than that, yeah. Yep, so he took five months to get that done, and he got paid on the insurance. I personally went to his house and I had a discussion with him and I said, Hey, I need this done, man. Now here's the thing. When it comes to those situations, it's not about money. I, so I was losing. I'm not even going to lie. I lost over $65,000 on this job. Okay. And that's basically me taking my savings, putting $65,000 into this person's house to get it finished. And I took $65,000 out of my own savings, my HELOC, to get this person's house done. So here's what happened. So the roofer decided to take his time, go on vacation, everything like that. So once roofing got done, I worked, and I am not making this up, call my wife. 
I'll give you her number. <laughs> so I, I worked. I need that number. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll tell you about this. <laughs> I worked the next three months, I, and I'm not kidding you. I worked seven days a week, and I worked 19 hours per day, and that allowed me five hours to sleep. I am not making it. And here's the best part. When I slept, I slept in the customer's home, which was condemned. And I told them I would get them in before the baby came. The house finished February 2nd. The baby came February 12th. They got to get to move in and everything like that on February 12th. I, I really hope that they left you a really good Google review. Oh, God. No, they didn't even leave me a review. You that's better get on that, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And that's one of the key lessons on that failing forward I took from it. I took – so, all right. You know, this isn't about the narcissist, uh, you know, mentality. But I learned one very val- – two valuable lessons. A, you can only count on yourself to get the work done. And that's not disrespect to any contractors, any investor, anything. You are in charge of your own destiny. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a dollar in your name, a million dollars. You are in charge of your own destiny. doesn't matter. And so being with that set, yeah, I was – I'm not lying. I was negative $60,000 on this job, okay? So what could I do? you know, close up shop, go work for, you know, Boyd Jones, QWIT, another company, or, you know, go to work for an investor property or something like that. No, what I did is I worked two jobs. I worked for a property management company doing construction and maintenance. Which one? Uh, Wasco LLC, which owned Kensington Tower, Orpheum Tower, Mandalay Bay. And I managed, uh, I think it was 350 units for one guy. And here's the beautiful part. I never did them wrong. I finished all my units, and while I was finishing my units, I was still running my own construction company. I worked weekends, nights, everything. And then when I had a business partner, which I had business with, took $50,000. This all co-signed together. I'm sorry. Um, Co-signed together. I had a business partner that we were building this company up with. He was maintenance and then went in construction. We sold four kitchens, and they gave us deposits. Let's say average about six thousand five hundred. Let, let's just say safe number, right? I'm not kidding. You. This was my come to Jesus moment. I will not kid on that, and I'll make it really brief and short. I went to Menards, okay, to, because they were getting the Clearview cabinets, which has a weak lead weight turnaround. I went to go buy just two kitchens. The other two kitchens were purchased. Car said declined, declined. Well, that's odd. Maybe I hit my daily limit. You know, you know, because how banks have their set daily limit, right? I go call the bank. The worst call of my life, man. Worst call. Hey, man, you're negative. You you got nothing. What? What are you talking about? What do you mean I got nothing? And so, and here's the thing about face value. I believe in face value. And yeah, it bit me. It bit me bad. And... I believed in face value with my business partner um, and we're not going to disclose names. So I trusted and we sold, right? And the thing is we're delivering. I called the customers and this was the toughest call in my life. Aside from my, aside from calling my wife and telling her I couldn't be home on our anniversary. That was the second toughest call. Well, first toughest call. All right, back up. First toughest call in my life. Second toughest call. I had to call these customers and say, Hey, 
And, and, and I took that embarrassment. I took that shame. And I said, listen, so here's what's going on. We had a hiccup. But if you want, you have two options. Option one, I will pay you back for your kitchen cabinets and you can look for another customer. I, I mean, another contractor. Option two, you allow me to finish the job. I will get this hiccup figured out. And I, and I talked to the customers face to face, not phone call, face to face. And that's why communication is key. Long story short, I went back to work for a plumber. I was making 1850 an hour. Okay. I worked 65 hours a week. And then on the weekends and overnights, I worked on these customers allowed me to continue. There was two customers that allowed me to continue on their kitchen. Two others that said they just want their refund and they went with other ways. Respectfully so. I get it. I worked for eighteen fifty an hour. And then on my weekends, overnights, everything like that, I worked on their kitchen within respectable parameters of their time frame. Okay? I finished their kitchens out. I honored that. And when everything was all said and done, they were so happy. And I couldn't love it anymore. I was tired. I was bloody. I was beat, man. I was at my lowest of the low. And here's the best part. I did a job for my pre and, and like I said, I was a, on a, on a plumbing company that I worked for. I worked for them and it was about two and a half years. And I was doing it. And because he said, wow, you're excelling so well. I was doing what a foreman does, what a foreman does, like a journeyman plumber. I was doing that within two years. I caught on quick. I'm a good employee. That's a bad thing to say. So I did that work and there was an example and I'm not going to say any names. I did a job for him. $15,000 profit is what he did because I used to be a business owner. So I know what he made. The customer paid me $15,000 in cash. And he said, go do another job. I said, absolutely not. I'm bringing you that 15 grand right now. Where are you? You know, cause I didn't want to get accused of theft. That's the biggest thing. So I brought him that 15 grand uh, cash, you know, it took about an hour and a half out of the day, went back, worked, made him some more money. Then at lunch, he invited us, basically me, his wife, and we were all sitting down eating dinner and everything like that. He counted out $500, right? And let's say, oh, and you're me, all right? And let's say, Ted, you're his wife, okay? Count out $500. He went like this, okay? I'm not kidding you. It was that close. I was like, wow, I'm going to get a good little bonus. Well, I appreciate all my hard work and effort. Keep in mind, I did all the kitchen remodel on my own with a helper on the plumbing side. He profited amazing. And now Ted is his wife. And, you know, Ted, I'm not saying you look pretty for a woman. but I am so pretty. (laughs) But he literally went like this and went over. The moment that happened, and here's the thing. He gave it to his wife to do a shot of tequila. We're not saying names. We're not saying anything like that. That moment, and I'm not kidding you, that's that moment, that switch clicked. I said, you know what? I'm done. The following day I came in, I said, hey, with all due respect, Mr. XNX, I'm going to put in my two weeks resignation. 
I want you to know, and here's the thing. He thought I was going to go to another plumbing company. I said, listen, I'm not going to another plumbing company. I know I could kill it at plumbing. I, I'm, I'm good at it. And you know probably Owen and Ted from Plumbing Experiences how much plumbers charge. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. With it. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't talk about that. That's going to make plumbers mad. I will say the side plumbers have hooked me up over the last couple of years. So. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And so I respectfully went in and I said, hey, and this is the, bo- the conversation I had with my boss. I said, listen, man. With all due respect, I'm not happy here. That's what I said. I said, I'm not happy. And I said, I'm not going to go to a plumbing company. I'm going to go to, I'm going to start my own construction company. And I offered him a partnership. I said, listen, give me 1% of your trust. I'll earn the other 99. Okay. And here's the best part. You're going to love this. I said, because this is another falling forward moment. This is worse. This is what, what caused me to start this company and go big and beyond. I said, listen. I will give you every plumbing job I can get and you do it within reasonable parameters. We're not charging, you know, we're not talking about doing a sink for $5,000. You know what I mean? Reasonable parameters where you make money, the customer's happy and I don't have to worry about stress and I make a little bit of money at the end of the day. He flat out took me into my truck, to his truck and he said, I'll give you a ride home. And I said, he said, you're done, you're done, gone. And I said, okay, I understand. Because I said I was going to – I was giving him my two-week notice and he wouldn't allow me to fulfill it. That's fine. So he called and then had my raise bumped for a dollar extra. Good boss. But when he dropped me off at my house, I knew something was right. He said, don't ever call me again. And I said, don't ever call me again. That triggered something in me. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it to you, Ted or Owen. It triggered a fire that I had when I was at the 2016 Olympic trials against Teofimo Lopez in the semifinals. It triggered it so hard, so bad. And let me put it in perspective. I had $5.49 to my bank account. I had over $2,000 in bills, meaning, you know, my $1,100 a month in rent and then plus, you know, my $800 plus for my truck because I had the Chevy Silverado gotta love chevy go chevy um anyway so i worked my two weeks and i had pto okay so you you know how they they send you a check i didn't get no check he said you don't deserve a dime to your name and right there you know my wife at the time she said go after him i said honey he ain't worth my energy i'll tell you what i'll take that five dollars and 49 cents my name you know what i went and bought you're not gonna believe this but it's true. I went and bought a Phillips screwdriver. Okay. And I started like hard just going, Hey, you want your yard mode, yard mode, Owen? I'll do it for 10 bucks. Okay. I worked and I averaged it out. I made like a dollar 25 an hour when it was all said and done. And then it started bumping up, bumping up, bumping up, bumping up. And I was trying to show people I'm the real deal. I'm going to do it. Cause my end goal was to have it where my ex boss calls me for a job because he's going to know I'm the general contractor for a big multi-million dollar project, which I'm happy to accomplish that goal. I don't know if he's been contacted for it or not, but that fire will never be put out. I'll be flat out honest. It'll never be put out. My goal is to have him call me one day and Hey man, you know, I heard you got this project over X amount, X amount, you know, Hey, can I bid on it? Absolutely. The thing is, I don't hold per se grudges. I 
let it go, man. It's that boxing mentality. It really is. Like, you know, it's that switch flip you, on flip You on. Michael Jordan it. You use it to yep. ignite yourself. Exactly. And that's really what it comes down to. So that's where it transferred into this real estate portfolio. And example, so I did a deal. So I helped my buddy out. He owns multiple investment properties. And he said, hey, man, talk to this banker. And I talked to like 30 bankers before. And I said, and because here's the thing, man. Flat out broke, ain't got no money. And, I, and I'm going to bankers and I'm putting up, literally, I'm binder put together. I will make you money. You charge me whatever interest rate. You want to charge me 20%? Fine, I'll get it done in 35 days. You can't charge me more than that. Bankers did not believe me. I talked to so many. But thanks to one buddy of mine, he said, hey, talk to this owner of this bank. I went to him and he said, and I said, listen, man, I'm straightforward with you. I'm going to buy the worst property in the best neighborhood and I'm going to flip it. And I guarantee you, you're going to be paid off within 90 days. No, you're not. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what, I'll bet, I'll bet you a salty, salty dog uh, sandwich on it. Cause the, I don't wait, lose wait, bets. Wait. The, the bar salty dog comes close. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, man. You know, I was a bartender there. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So long. So to sum, sum it up, I get to this owner of this bank, you know, and I said, hey, man, I got this property I want to buy, right? And this is the beauty of this. This is where we go into the action, right, on the real estate. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. So Let's do it. So it was on auction.com is what – no, no, Hubzoo, Hubzoo, okay? And so you could bid online, and I had a real estate agent. So we we go to this property. I didn't even look at it. I'm bidding online while I'm going bowling, okay? The bidding started at 60000 long story short. I get irritated because so the timer would go 30 minutes to one minute and then it would reset back to 30 minutes if someone bid within that time frame. I bid instantly in this. There was this user two, seven, whatever, long story short. And so it, he bid $90,000 on this property. It had 32 code violations. Let's leave it at that. And it was at ninety thousand. I said, you know what? I'm gonna stick it to him if he's gonna want to do it because so, it had like, sounds like Owen's average rental property, by the way. <laughs> and, and so it had a two percent buyer's fee on, added on top of that, right? So I bid it at ninety one. I shut my phone off, went bowling, and here's the best part: I bid on another property too at the same time frame. I shut my phone off completely. Go bowling. I come back. My realtor calls me and says, "Hey." Do you see about the property? I said, uh, and I'm lying to him. I said, yeah, he probably won. He said, no, you got it. I said, what? He said, you got it. And this is back, you know, when, you know, after like COVID, everyone's buying properties, you know, giving 20, 30,000 over asking. And I brought this property that had 32 code violations, right? And I bought it for 91. Oh, so it was $91,000. And after fees and everything came to 95.5. Okay. I dumped 60K into it. And the thing is that set me up for success. I had all my subcontractors. I didn't bid them. That's the best part. You, 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 you're going to be fan, fantasized. I went with people that were not the cheapest, not the expensive. I said, listen, I'm going to get this property. You're going to do the job. Like I come to you like, hey, Owen, you're going to do the job. No matter what, I'm going to give you my face value. You're going to do it. What's your price? And you can name whatever number. All right, cool. I factored that into my equation called the bank, said, let's do this. Let's get this done. And the beauty of the bank, because I worked out such a good partnership, all I had to do was write a $1,000 earnest deposit. I acquired that property for $1,000. And this is with my wife's father as a partner. 
Okay. He didn't believe me. He said, Tanner, you bid too high. I said, sit back, have your coffee. Let me go to work. This is what I'm good at. Right. We get it. We get the deal done and we got the whole rehab finished in 75 days. And we're talking the extensive, the extensive, worst of the worst. Okay. Roof, siding, electrical, plumbing, everything. Got it all done. Hired all the subs and I gave them, boom, their pay like that. And I get the deal done. It sold the second day on market. Okay. So I was 150 into it. I sold it for 215.5 two days later. Okay. Once that property sold, I told Ken, hey, you you want to buy this property right here? He said, absolutely not. I He said, it's the worst of the worst. I said, all right. So I bought this property for myself. Bought it for 60, put 15 out of my own, 15 into it. And then here's the thing. I wrote a $1,000 check to the bank, fixed it for 15K. So I'm 75 in it. It appraised for 140 grand. And then next one, we bought it for 80K, put a $1,000 deposit down. I put it out of my pocket. We only got to dump 30, so we're 110 into it. It's worth $240,000. Mm, that's a nice one. Yeah, and we're going to sell that one. The thing is, whenever I do a deal, I'm looking at making 50% return is when I'm looking at. On what? On After the repairs and value, I want you to make so much money that you're like, dude, I want to work with you. And, and here's the thing. I looked at thousands of houses before I closed on these. I passed up so many deals. It's unreal. And to sum it up, now my banker, because I stacked up all this cash, right? And you know, Burr Method, everyone does it different. That's the beautiful part. I'm going to take X amount of dollars and I'm trying to look for a multi-million dollar property to fix up. You know, I'm looking at, you know, properties down to Council Bluffs. That used to be the YMCA properties in downtown. I'm looking for some multi-million dollars that it needs a contractor and people won't buy it because like, so Owen and Ted, no disrespect to you guys. So the disadvantage that you guys are at is because you're not licensed contractor. And that's no disrespect. What I'm a licensed realtor. That's good. That's good. No disrespect uh, to you. <laughs> I appreciate <Or> you. <laughs> that. I need it. I need it. Um, but it allows me a door for opportunities, which you guys would not be able to do because contractors, they're trying to get that 25, 35% markup. Mm-hmm. And so that's why where I'm going to go in for the worst of the worst in the best area. Okay. So here, before I get into the, kind of these final questions, because we're kind of coming to the yeah, end yeah, of it. Yeah, I got you. What's your portfolio look like today, and what are you going to be getting in the next couple weeks? So my goal is, yeah, in a couple weeks. coming up. Oh, yeah. So basically, long sum it up, I only have – so I'm selling my other properties. I'm going to only have one rental. I'm taking the cash money to get something that's worth $1.5 but it's going to appraise higher, and I'm going to dump that money and do the construction and then use the construction money as a down payment to, to refinance it. And then what do you got coming up? So what I what I got coming up is I got a $5.5 million job in downtown. Mm-hmm. And then also working on your stuff and working on other investors. But my goal is to try to get at least 100 units this year acquired is what I'm looking at. Or everyone thinks I'm nuts. It's fine. I'm going to develop. Okay. We could dig in that, but I do have a question I'd love to ask everybody. Um, you know, do you have any crazy weird investment stories, things that uh, you've seen at properties or something that's just entertaining to hear about? Sure, yeah. I'll dive into that real quick. So the strangest one, 
was on my rental where she had a plug drain and I had to go clear that plug drain. And I personally went out because my guys were too busy. So she, her kid must have popped off or she must have popped off the pop-up assembly on a bathroom sink. <sighs> okay, okay. Big breath, big breath. Oh yeah, this is bad, man. So her and her son are in the other room and she's a single mom, you know, she's a good looking woman. You know, I love my wife. She's the queen. She's everything. Let me step in there and say that. But I had to go in there and what I pulled out from the P trap was a dolphin. Okay. But it was a dolphin dildo. (laughs) It was pink. My snake, I was snaking it and it caught and it like almost, it almost broke my hand because it like the cable ripped and I was like, all right, I got something pulled out. And then like, I'm like, oh, now I'm at like this, like fine line. What do I do? Do I tell her? Do I lie to her? And I pull it off and I put it in the trash and she's like, oh, what was that? And I was like, oh, it's just your son's toy that was down there. (laughs) But really it was your toy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Super awkward. Well, Owen. We're almost out of time. Let's get into the OT with Owen and Ted. So, Tanner, this section we lovingly call the OT with Owen and Ted. We have some questions that we ask every guest, and we've got one for you. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. All right, here we go. What are you going to call your first book, or what is it going to be about if you haven't figured out a title yet? It'd be probably a contractor, contractor versus investors. And one of the topics that it would cover would be for both sides, investors to see fake contractors and contractors see investors that are just not going to pay. Good stuff. Yep. That's good. If you could interview anyone in the world today, that's alive, who would it be? And what question would you ask them? That's actually a very good one, Ted. Um, Thank you. I wrote it myself. Yeah. That's that's actually a very good one. Um, (laughs) If I had to ask anyone in the world, it would honestly be, I would ask Colin how... Colin, wait, Colin Schwartz? Yes, Colin Schwartz. Yep, yep, yep. That's easy. We can accomplish that goal yep. real quick for you. Um, what it would be is, and this is going to be a trick question here, it would be, what is the best percentage balance between work and family? <laughs> percentage. You see how I said percentage, not time or anything. Because I still don't even know that one. Why Colin? The reason why is because every time I call him, he's either on his boat or he's out on having fun on vacation or anything. And, it's, and that's the thing. It's not jealousy. I I admire. You want to know about his work-life family-life balance. Yes. How he was able to do the amazing things he's done. Same thing with you, Ted, and same thing with you, Owen. But like when I like example, like if he says he has a property that's flooding on Christmas day, he's out enjoying his family. He's not stressing. He's not like, Oh my God, what do I do? You know, he's just chilled, relaxed. Like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. Go for it. You know, I'm just like, what systems, what place, what, you know, mentorship, which way to go about that? You know what I mean? Okay. So, I mean, Owen and you know, we, you and I are pretty tight with Colin. You're more tighter with him because you're business partners with him. Do you have what do you think you'd respond to that? 
Well, I, I think Colin is like he he's like a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that have you know put systems and processes in place in their life and their businesses that allow them to do things that appear on Instagram and like if you're catching him at a moment, uh, they appear like oh they just they're out boating and having a good time and there's like no stress and whatever, but. I also catch him on like dark times mm-hmm. when shit goes sideways and like there's like a whole bunch of big a big block of problems that you have to deal with or you have to fire people or yeah. like there's stuff that sucks all the time and so I think Colin in particular does a really good job about being intentional about his personal and family time and he builds that into his schedule so he has some like unassailable things that he does where if you call him, he's like, I'm busy. I can't like, I know you have a problem, but I'm not making it my problem right now. That's Mm -hmm. your, that's as it sits, it's your problem. And when I'm prepared or, and able to deal with it, then I'll absorb some of that problem. But he has done a good job about putting people and processes and systems in place that insulate him from those calls Mm -hmm. where he has to be stressed. And, but don't, don't be mistaken here. He still is like, there's, oh, yeah. there's no escaping it. Unfortunately, like there's no matter how many layers of insulation you have, there's still going to be stuff that boils up to the top always. And I, I, I can say that Owen, per, you know, Owen per se doesn't answer his phone on certain times of the day. You know, I reach out to him numerous times and being, uh, probably one of your better friends in yeah. your life that, you know, he doesn't respond to my stuff until his family time's done. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, he just kind of says, this is my family time. This is, you know, I will respond to you when the time works. Um, I was hanging out until Colin until two in the morning on Saturday and it, we're just kind of hanging out and he was just talking like, Hey man, you know, stuff's stuff's stressful. And sometimes you just got to kind of like, you know, put that stuff aside and, and know when, when, when it is that you address those situations, uh, without getting too in detail here. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of one of those things too, where it's like, um, you know, you, you view somebody that's been in the business for a long time. I, I make the joke about dog years, but you see a grizzled veteran in the, you know, real estate investing space oh, like me yeah. where it's like, you know, somebody comes to you and they're like, this is on fire, literally, or this is like flooding and away and whatever. And it's like, okay, I can't physically stop a flood. I can't physically stop a fire. Like you have to kind of, and I'm not saying I'm great at this. I'm not, but cause I still worry, but like you have people that worry about those things for you, your team that you're paying that to do that job. And your job is to be a director, not a manager. That's the that's the big mm-hmm. difference is being a good director, I think a lot of times is more important than being a good manager. And being a good manager means you're constantly coaching and monitoring and employees' performance and you're you're in the weeds every day, day to day. Mm-hmm. And a director is more like, hey, I'm above the fray. I can look at the big picture and I can say, This needs to be accomplished and who am I involved with that can handle these tasks that can be accomplished and by give me giving you the direction that I want. And that's the biggest 
difference, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and you know, I mean, you have twenty five employees, right? Like, yep. like it becomes a monster after a while. So it you does. have to kind of get to that point where you're a director, not a manager, and that's a natural progression of a business. A small business grows into a you know, an actual business. And then that actual business grows into something where you have a bunch of employees and you have payroll and you have real problems. And then you become more of like, Hey, I am the coach, not the manager. Like there's yeah. a difference. And that that's, that's what I would say to that. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm nowhere in even near, you know, Owen or Colin status. I mean, I, I have nine active units, you know, Owen's got close to 400 uh, Colin's got close to 4,000, but I do have a good team around me, you being one of those people. Mm-hmm. And I don't stress out about those things. You know, my, you know, all of our po- portfolios look different, but, yep. but it, it's the people that you put around you that you can trust in that can accomplish the goals that you need to do so you don't have to stress about it so you can concentrate on things that are important to you. In my case, those things important to me are my kids. Yep. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to real world this. Okay. So like, uh, th- this morning, so uh, here's the hard part about being a, like a full-time real estate investor where you have no other job, you have your family and personal life to worry about, and then you have your business or businesses. And the problem is you wake up and you think I'm going to do X, Y, and Z today. That is my goal. That is what I'm going to accomplish. And then all of a sudden, you know, whatever time happens, you get a text or a phone call that throws an audible into your whole game plan. And they say, this is me right before the podcast started. You were here, Tanner. I had a call and they were like, I have a buyer for a property in Plattsmouth that I'm going to take my first loss on in three years. Uh, This is a flip multifamily property, took a gamble on it, lost. um, And we're going to take probably a $25,000 haircut on this. I'll talk more about this later, but... um, there's a problem because the buyer, like there's windows broken out. There's a door that needs a, you know, lock on it and so forth. And I'm like, I, this is right before the podcast started. And I'm like, you know what? This sucks. And I was irritated at the time, but I'm like, I can't handle it right now. You're going to have to go to somebody else and here's who you should go to. And then mm. guess what? It's going to be either a handled or be off my plate temporarily, at least. So you got to have the right people and processes and systems in place in order to handle the, the offload of your stress, because there's always stress always. Oh yeah. So you got to have a team or at least people that are around you that you can offload that stress to, because other, otherwise it's going to go right down inside you and destroy you. Like your, your personal life is going to suck balls and your, your business life is going to suffer for it also because you can't absorb all that stuff. You have to have the right people in place that can handle problems that are specialized in stuff that are stressing you out. Right. Yep, Absolutely. And you know, one thing to throw into that. So anyone that is hiring a contractor and they say they're licensed, all you have to do, it's very simple. Go to omahapermits.com. Look up, and you can eat whoever your contractor is. It doesn't have to be me. This isn't boasting about me or anything like that. Look up whoever the contractor is. Say, hey, tell me what your license number is. When you look it up, you got class A, class B, class C, class D, Mm -hmm. and class E. So, yeah. Just look it up that way, and that's a way to prevent investors from being scammed by contractors. Just look it up, especially if you have something that needs permits. Look up the license. That's it. Good tip. So um, I have another question for you. Who would you choose to deliver your eulogy, and what do you hope they will say about you? 
Oh, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be my wife. I'm going to have to just say that. Christina. Oh, yeah, Christina. Um, all I hope she says is that I was a good husband. That's really all I hope I, is that she gets out of the whole thing. You know, forget the real estate. Forget the money. It's just being a good husband. A good, that's ma- it. A, a good man. Yes, a good man and a good husband. Yeah, that's it. It's important, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, totally get that. So. My next question for you is, <clears throat> which mentor in your life has had the biggest impact on you, and how have they influenced your career or personal growth? Uh, that would be my grandpa, the same one that did the gamble on his- What was his name? Terry Gordon. That would be the same man that- I, I was expecting yeah. this real Italian name to come out right there, but yeah. I would say no, so- Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'd be Terry Gordon just because the gamble he took with his wife. So, yep, that's the biggest thing because the biggest reputation he has if you go to Fort Dodge, Iowa, is he did things right. He made it right no matter what. Even if he lost money, he made it right with you. And he will always be forever remembered on that. I love that. All right. uh, Let's see if I can read this. Uh, (laughs) You put your glasses on there, own? Shut up, Ted. (laughs) All right. How can our listeners support you and what is the best way for them to reach you? So new image remodeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are you taking on new customers now? So yes and no. It depends on the project. Okay. Because I always want to not overextend myself because I've been in that habit and I won't. Best way to reach me is you can call me at 402-917-2316. Um, we are licensed, call Omaha Council Bluffs. And the best way to support us is support your investors as well. You know, you got Ted, you got Owen, you got Colin, you got all these great guys. Which right? are all people you work with. Yep. <laughs> you know, be you're, nice you're, to them. You're literally doing projects for all of us, right? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> be nice to them. Don't be so quick to go down their throats. There is so much going on. We will get to it in and what is needed to be handled as quick as possible. And the best way would just be is patience. That's all I can say is patience on the whole thing. And one thing that we definitely want to shout out is if you are working, if you're local and you're working with new image, uh, just so you guys know, you offer a 10% discount to local RIA members Yep, and a 15% discount for uh, active and retired military. Is that correct? Yep. Military. Hoorah. And why why the military? So my grandpa himself was in the World War II and everything like mm. that. And, you know, it it's just it's a, it's an extra bonus for, you know, military veterans that may not and, and it's no disrespect. It's they may not have as best financial or they might. They have my great, you know, if you're in Air Force. But it's just one of those added pieces, you know, thank you for serving our country. Mm. And we truly I truly appreciate it. That's just what it is. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Owen and I have a little side project going on right now, and we haven't re- released episodes yet, but we've been doing a podcast on the side uh, that we will soon soon release, hopefully by the time this airs, it's released, but where we are interviewing people that are 70 plus years old, mm-hmm. and our goal is to have no sponsors, it's just totally give back, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we did our first interview. We are looking for people that would like us to interview their grandparents mm-hmm. and that have a good story. Mm-hmm. And we our, our goal is that those their parents or grandchildren would pay the 
our cost to and do the do the interview, which is like two hundred and fifty bucks, and which it makes it so there's no no ads in 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 this broadcast. We're we're still coming up with the name of this uh, of this currently right now. We have a couple ideas in mind right now, but if there was an opportunity that we could interview your grandfather, oh god, and you think your family mon- members would want to sponsor this, it's it's like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we interview some deep questions about their past, your heritage, and uh, this is the first time we mentioned this, right, Owen? So, yeah, I think so. I, it yeah. kind of caught me flat-footed here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if if you think that it would be a good interview for us, let us know. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. So keep keep us in mind. They'll make you laugh. I'll tell you <laughs> what, Tanner, you've. The reason that we invited you in is you've done nothing but do me right uh, when it comes to the construction side. Um, I I think that. The way you present yourself has been absolutely amazing. I, I love the communication you do in your business. I love the, the goals that you set in your, in your business. And I, I think that you're going to probably get a lot of business locally off this. But um, I, I think that people are really going to see the, the true side of you th- because of this interview. But thank you for that. And with that, absolutely. Owen Dashner, we see us out. On behalf of Rio Radio... The absent dentalist Bertrand at Ted Kosh. I'm Owen Dashner. You've been listening to Tanner. Don't call me Popeye. Gordon. Signing off. Signing off. Signing off. How many, how many names did you have assigned? Uh, did you have written down for his potential endings? Well, for some reason, I had human trafficker uh, listed here, but <laughs> I I don't think I, I didn't really finish out that sentence. So I know you're not a human trafficker, but I have a question mark there. Um, <laughs> and then you had something about I I had one-eyed Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I like the that. orbital like, fracture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I like one eye Willie. So you got to listen to the entire episode <laughs> to understand what we're talking about. Do you guys, yes. know, do you guys know what one eye Willie is from? Yeah, it's from the Goonies. The Goonies. Oh, yeah. oh the yeah. Goonies. Goonies. Oh, that yeah. was probably Free made Willie. before oh, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It was made before me, but I seen it. I did see it. Okay. So that hopefully that helps me. One eye Willie. Gotta love it. So <laughs> hey, you know what? People on Facebook, thank you for signing in. I know there's been a lot of people on there. Check out this podcast. We launch every Wednesday, and we love that you guys are checking us out. And please, if you've never checked us out before, give us a five-star review, whatever format that you're checking us out on, because that means so much to us. We have 90-some reviews. We recently found out that we're in the top 2.5% of all active podcasts in the world. Out of 3.3 million podcasts. Pretty cool. Pretty that cool. That is awesome. You know, we, um, we're approaching our second year of doing this. So um, it would mean um, it would mean so much to us if you guys could just jump on whatever podcast, especially Apple format. Give us a five-star review. Like, subscribe, because that like does huge things for us. We literally put everything we have into this. this is, we don't make money on this. So, you know, we, we appreciate that. And if you give them more likes and subscribes, I'll give you guys a bigger discount. Ooh. Oh, snap. Maybe that military discount, huh? Yeah. Oh, bigger. Bigger than that. Oh. If you guys like and subscribe. Oh, I like and subscribe, just so you know. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I got you, Ted. This does not affect any active invoices, Ted. <laughs> nice try. Okay. Nice try. With that, let's sign off.